I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next two guests uh, are uh, Tim McAuliffe and Mark Gritch, and we're here today on Face to Face wonderful and thoughtful and moving and delightful and charming. How's that? Uh, new show coming to CBC in January 2022 called Son of a Critch. And it's based on the award-winning and best-selling memoir from Mark Critch, who you probably know from CBC's This Hour Has 22 Minutes. And it's a it's it's a very real and authentic uh, coming-of-age story of Mark as he grows up in St. John's, Newfoundland. And uh, it's it's if you love comedy... If if you love real life, if you love drama and la- laugh out loud moments, then you're going to want to see this show. And it's uh, it's it's just it really is delightful. I've seen a couple of episodes already and I'm in and I'm looking forward to uh, uh, what's next from some of these characters. Son of, Son of a Critch, it's, it's the uh, creation of actor and producer and writer, you know, Mark Critch, of course, and uh, showrunner uh, Tim McAuliffe, who you may or may not have heard of, but uh, writer, producer, uh, NBC's The Office, uh, Last Man on Earth, Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, This Hour Has 22 Minutes. Minutes. And Tim has a very long history of writing and producing. And Mark and Tim have been working together for a long time. And we just had a delightful uh, about 20 minutes here on on Face to Face. And uh, we really just once again, just kind of peeled back some of those layers and just uh, started to, uh, you know, get below the surface. But we talked about kind of the secret of comedy. We talked about authenticity and transparency in comedy and how, how it can take on those uh, real world uh, moments. We talked about how Mark's first kiss may have been at a funeral and why it's a good thing to socialize at wakes. You're going to want to listen in on this. We talked about uh, Newfoundlanders having a wicked uh, sense of humor and and why that's the case. We talked about, again, that that line between uh, reality and, and, and fiction and 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 imagination and how comedy has a place to to just kind of i don't know move the needle a little bit on some of uh, some of the most profound uh, and um difficult uh, issues that we're facing uh, today uh you know in 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 Canada and frankly 
around the globe. So Son of a Critch, it's fun. It's funny. Malcolm McDowell, uh, you know, Clockwork Orange. I mean, come on. He's uh, he's starring in the show and he stepped in and, and you're going <laughs> to enjoy his performance as well. Um, so so uh, stay tuned. Uh, but but for now, listen in and don't forget, if you're uh, loving what we're doing here on Face to Face, please do sign up wherever you um, subscribe to podcasts for Face to Face and leave us a review if you get a chance. We would really appreciate that. Uh, socially mediate the heck out of us. Uh, get us out there if you can. Sign up for our newsletter. There's only a few of those, maybe four a year. And uh, But for now, uh, stay tuned uh, as we step into it uh, with Mark Critch and Tim McAuliffe talking about their lovely and wonderful, fun uh, new show, uh, CBC new show, Son of a Critch. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by two very special guests here today. I am thrilled to have Mark Critch and Tim McAuliffe here today to talk about well, I hope a whole lot of things, but uh, before we step into uh, everything, let's uh, th- thank Mark and Tim for joining us here today on Face to Face. I really appreciate you both uh, taking the time out of your day to spend it here with us. Oh, our great pleasure. Taking the time, yeah. So why exactly are we getting together actually online? What is what is this conversation really supposed to be about? Do either of you know? Uh, well, uh, it, we are, myself and Tim, we're old friends, and we've, we've worked together on a million things over the years. We're a special for the Muppets together, and we worked on 22 Minutes together. But currently, what we're working on is an adaptation of a book I wrote about growing up in 80s Newfoundland and Labrador called Son of a Critch. Uh, and we made a TV show, which will be airing on CBC, uh, all about, uh, based on that book, about, you know, going to Catholic school and being an old soul and uh, 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 making your way through the playground at the age of 11. So it takes place in, in 1986, right, Mark? And it, it's yeah. mostly about you and your family and, and your life growing up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I grew up uh, about 50 miles away from anything uh, on the outskirts of town next to a radio station because my dad worked at the radio station and he's a news guy. And then our house is kind of like, that was sort of like the lighthouse keeper for the radio station in a way in that in those days, you know, uh, landlines and whatnot, you had to have somebody who could be there 24 hours. So there's a house next to the radio station and dad uh, was there in case of, you know, breaking news or a dead air or anything like that. And what so def- grew- Mark, what would define breaking news in that area? <laughs> well, it, it could be uh, anything from a, a car crash to a big snowstorm right. to a small, yeah, dad was fa- famous for making big news out of small town news. So like, nice. for instance, one time there was a, uh, a Kentucky fried chicken had been uh, robbed and they stole like, uh, you know, 20 bucks from the cash. But the guy said, uh, that's all that's in the cash. I also want a bucket of chicken. So they said, well, we don't have any on right now. We got to, I got to make some fresh. And he's like, oh, wait. So he's got like a butter knife and they made a bucket of chicken and him and his buddy left and they were eating the chicken and walking back to their house, their apartment, which wasn't that far away and throwing the chicken over their shoulders. And then the police came and they followed the bones to the guy's house and they arrested them there. And um, so dad had a report on that. So he said that the, the two suspects uh, were discovered by members of the Royal Newfoundland Constabulary after detectives followed a trail of denuded chicken bones. It's like, so, so it was like, that was your average Mike Rich story. Yeah. Tim, you've written for so many uh, incredible shows. You've, you've had an inc- wonder, wonderful career and by all means, go ahead and boast about that. And I'll be doing that a little bit offline too, just so you know, but is it, is it easy to write comedy with a guy like Mark? Does it just kind of 
does it just kind of flow or, 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 or? I think when we first started on 22 minutes, we just, we both just sort of really connected comedically and just started writing. We used to go for dinner every Tuesday night and, uh, and we would write down all of our ideas just together on, on old cocktail napkins. And we'd splurge on a dinner on Tuesdays. That was our, our treat to ourselves while we wrote. And then we you know a couple of bottles of wine probably and that sort of thing. And then the next morning we would both go home with the cocktail napkins for the sketches we were gonna write up and try to make heads or tails of it. But it always sort of seemed to work. And we've always worked together and loved, loved that. And you know, Mark's just become, he, Mark even married my wife and I, we've been, become so close that it's become something that we've just, and planned to probably for the remainder of our lives, work together on stuff and just, you know, hopefully for this, you know, for a couple of years at least, but, uh, but um, it's just something we've, we've really connected on that sort of level. And it's, yeah, it's so cool. Eh? As you, sorry about this, but as you get older, working with friends, I mean, does it get any better than that? No, I mean, it's the ultimate. Yeah. And, you know, we got to spend three months together this summer in Newfoundland and Mark is the king of Newfoundland. So it's funny. <laughs> Mark, I, I got to say, Mark, being the king of Newfoundland, I'm, I'm a little disappointed you have a shirt on today. I've, I've a little shout out there. Oh, Is that fair enough? Well, you know, I, I only take my shirt off when there's prime ministers around. So. That's honestly one of my favorite Canadian <laughs> moments of all time. Yeah, And I think the, the, the forget his name right now, but the, the, the shot of the, the MP with the hand. Oh, Seamus O'Regan. That was up there, too. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, oh, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, I, I did that. Guy? Yeah, that was a, a famous picture of I had my shirt off behind Justin Trudeau making fun of him because he had been showing up in shirt pics everywhere. But that was done to, to purely just to embarrass my children. My two nice. sons, Jacob and Will, were with me. and uh, I'm and sure you said, succeeded in that. Oh, yeah. Well, they said, don't do anything stupid when we meet the prime right. minister. Okay? Nice. I said, like what? And so I did that. Yeah. Hey, you know, congratulations to you both on the show. I've seen two episodes. It's it's delightful. It's charming. It's funny. I I can't wait to see what's next. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm in. I, I, I found myself coming to, to the, the, near the end of the second episode thinking, I, I like these people. And I, oh, I mean, that's, wow. I mean, that's a wonderful place to be too. Mark, how, how close is this to real life? And did you really get your first kiss at a funeral parlor? It's, it's an important question we need the answer to. I, I, I uh, that is, every episode is, there's a, the spine of it is true, you know? And uh, I did not get my first kiss at a funeral parlor, but I did at, at the end of that episode, uh, the, the girl um, from the funeral parlor, we have a little date and I had to meet her in the park and I'm very late. And it lasts like a millisecond and nothing is said during the date. And this girl who I was my first date, my first girlfriend kind of very briefly, um, we barely spoke at all. Uh, and and this this is all that's all directly true. One thing, the weird thing about this is sometimes you have to in the real life moments peel it back a little bit sure. because um, there are some things that are just unbelievable. And one of those was on my way to that date, rushing to get to the park from where I lived. It took forever, and trying to get there, showing up about an hour late for the date. I actually got hit by a bus on my way to that date. Um, because I was rushing from the bus would stop. I had to transfer. And as I ran over to the other side of the street, a bus hit me 
and I went down and I was like, just adrenaline. I didn't feel anything at first. Wow. And then I remember popping up and the bus driver looked at me like, what the hell? I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. And I ran off into the bushes because I was so embarrassed and like waited for the next bus. And I, you can't put that in the show because it seems too crazy. So the weird thing about writing a show about your life is sometimes you actually have to edit your life for being unbelievable. <laughs> well, I, I, so I've never met anyone who's been hit by a bus. I, I, I do want to get that right out on, on the table out of the gate, but often I'll use it in conversation. You know, we got to get that hit by a bus policy in there, you know, just in case you get hit by it. <laughs> right? yeah, and now yeah, I know yeah. someone who's been hit by a bus. So it was just, it was bare. He barely, he just got me. He was just stopping at the sure. stop. So it was, he was slowing down, but yeah, but I felt it the next day. <laughs> Tim, do, does, does, is it like getting a, a great golf shot? Is is that what bringing a show like this together is? All, I mean, you got so many talented people. I just I just can't believe the cast and and I, I would imagine a lot has had to um, gel. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I actually play golf, so yeah, it is <laughs> exactly like that. The uh, well, the, the reality is that when we we found uh, Benjamin, it was just like oh wow, this we were nervous because you know when you pitch a show like this, you sort of live and die by this main character that's going to be mm. the scene and that sort of thing. And so we um, we did a search all through Canada and at the same time all through the UK uh, and just found this wonderful actor from uh, Leeds or I guess around there, Mark, right? And, uh, Yorkshire. Yeah. Yorkshire. Oh, sorry. And uh, basically uh, was just, oh yeah, we have a show. Uh, and then adding Malcolm to the mix was amazing. And then sure. we um, have this wonderful director, Renica, who took the first four episodes and, and she quarantined for two weeks coming to Newfoundland. She spent all that time just talking to the actors and, and just was this wonderful, wonderful director who's worked on a million other things, but just worked so perfectly with what we were looking to do. And so it all came together really nicely, yeah. Mark, you, you've been doing a comedy a long time. What? And and this may be a big question, but I love uh, your your young, the young Mark's attitude towards death. And in, in the second season, can, can you tell me when comedy really wants to take on an issue, it, it, it's not just a joke, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're peeling back layers here on some pretty incredible issues. You've got this. And what I love about the show, by the way, too, is, is it's not just a comedy, it seems to me. No, like this is this is there's some real dramatic elements to this. I mean, I want to see what happens from a, a bullying perspective. You know, there's some really neat things you guys are taking on. So a lot in that question, I think, Mark, and I'm not even sure if I formulated it properly, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on what comedy can do when it really steps in. Well, great thing about comedy is there's truth in comedy, you know, and you can talk sure. about uncomfortable things comedically. And you can also uh, let some steam out of the kettle in a moment. Nice. Like well, the great thing about comedy is you can get into interesting, uncomfortable things to talk about, and you can still talk about the uncomfortable thing and then play up the uncomfortable moments of your characters talking about it for comedy. Well, it was a great way to get the conversation happening, right? And, uh, and a lot of truth can be said. And, um, you know, I think that's something we wanted to do because we wanted to have real dramatic moments in there. We wanted to have... Um, these let these scenes live without a joke for a long time but the great thing is you build up that tension and then you have a little joke and boom you know you you let the the pressure out and then everybody can relax so it's a little bit like you know sugar with your medicine in, in that way and you know in Newfoundland certainly we've always been using humor to uh, deal with 
tough elements. And that's where we get a kind of a dark sense of humor at times. But I mean, there's a lot of, you know, with bad weather and small communities and, and death from the sea and, and like people get a real dark mm. sense of humor sometimes. So uh, that's, that's part of, you get the, you learn to kind of deal with everything in life with, with a little bit of a laugh. Um, and it's not meant to be dismissive. Right. It's, it's just kind of an acknowledgement. It's like, okay, this is happening. Well, there's, an, auth joke. there's an authenticity in there, isn't there? Oh, very much so. And, uh, and, you know, growing up with older folks, as I did, um, you, you get like, you know, there is, I think there is a, a type of humor you get later in life, which is a bit darker because all your friends have died. You're, mm. you're, uh, you know, you're, you've been through it. You've seen what happens with, uh, I mean, I remember like my dad, like, like there's an acceptance of the way the world is, which lets you kind of be glib about some things, but not in a disrespectful way. I remember uh, I was uh, early twenties and a friend of mom and dad's uh, had taken quite ill and had gone into palliative care and they were comforting the widow, the lady uh, about her husband. And then mom was like, kind of, you know, lazy. Well, he might, he might turn around. He, he might get better. And then mom said, yes, girl. Yes. He might get better. And dad for the paper goes, ha, behind the newspaper at the table. He goes, ha, palliative care. I've seen a lot of Joes go in. I haven't seen one Joe come out flick <laughs> and then she bursts into tears but he's like oh no no like there's almost a forgetfulness that not everybody is as old and calloused as you are in dealing with these things you know but I yeah love that's the, i love the punctuation cool. with the paper oh <laughs> yeah dad was always always behind a newspaper flicking it you know but yeah so that's where you get like some of the stuff about you know young mark uh being so comfortable around death as, as I was with Wakes, I mean, we say in the show, like we, we the mom and dad didn't go out to dinners. They didn't go to movies, didn't do anything. That, you know, a wake was a social thing that, you know, <laughs> happened. And then people weren't upset at Wakes. They're like, oh, how are you? Yeah, lovely corpse, great. And it was just an acceptance of that time. They were in a different time of life than I was or other parents were. So I kind of catapulted to being that old soul. Takes the, takes the sting out of it to some degree, it seems to me. Oh my God, yeah. 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 Even yeah. now yeah. I love a wake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nothing like nothing like a good wake. Tim, what about the line between fiction and reality? Do you find as a writer over the years with all the work that you've done that you draw more from, hmm, I was going to say you draw more from your, you know, imagination than you do from reality, but how do you make the distinction between those two, you know, but, but uh, I'd yeah. love to hear your thoughts on that. Well, you know, having, you know, heard these stories from Mark and, and, and read the books and, and that sort of thing, you know, and obviously just, you know, just knowing Mark, it feels like we can naturally sort of extend what, exi what happened to something that's fiction and that sort of thing. So it's been fun. It's, it's interesting because every time it is true, like Mark also told another, we have another episode where um, they, they find uh, uh, or see someone burying a dead body in the woods and uh, it turns out, you know, without, you know, spoiling too much, but it's a moose in not a person. And, uh, and the real story is that Mark did actually see them burying a real dead body in the woods. And so we had to pull it back just because the reality was actually much more unbelievable than the fiction, which is really kind of incredible. So uh, it's been it's been going both ways in, in sort of, you know, extending sort of the actual reality and then reducing it. Mark, do you find uh, do you find the real world funnier uh, than the uh, the imaginary one? Well, it's interesting. It's like almost like playing with toy soldiers in a way, in that you know what happened, and then you can give people maybe a happier ending 
or or a, than sure. than actually happened, you know. Which is interesting. My best friend in the show is a guy Richie Perez, who is Filipino Canadian. He was bullied really hard by uh, people um, because he was the only person of color in our school, and, and he just saw the. Uh, we just showed him. I just showed him the the pilot for the first time, the first episode, and we're talking about it and. Um, and I thought about that a lot with Richie. I wanted to help. I wanted to tell part of his story with his permission. Um, and it's interesting having him see it. And and it's kind of you want him to go through a lot of that bullying and to show to show what it was like. But then, as you're writing it, you're kind of like you want to peel it back because you don't want to do it to him. You know, you kind of sure. feel it. And the same thing, like and there's other things too. Like my grandfather is played by Malcolm McDowell in the show. My real grandfather died when my father was five. And he would be a hundred years old in January, my dad, right? So I never got to know my grandfather. My father never really got to know his father that well. I know a lot about him as a person, but there are other older figures like um, dad's uh, older relatives who are that character of pop and my grandmother sure. and, and different things that I made him of. So part of that was my little gift to myself was to get to know my grandfather in the show. Really, the characters were based on his, uncle, his dad's cousin who was like a grandfather to me, yeah. older cousin, Frank Leonard Bell Island. But it was like, now nah, you lived. <laughs> and that was my one real indulgence, was like, now nah, he lived. And I got to know him. Malcolm, and, Malcolm McDowell's yeah. so great, Mark. What great, I mean, he reminds me a little bit, you know what, a little bit of the dude in, in The Big Lebowski. Does that, yeah. is that, is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. I, totally, I can't. Yeah. I can't smoke lying down anymore. It's hilarious. That's like <laughs> so funny. So funny. Um, I love how you kind of take down bullying. What's the line? Help me out here. Uh, a stunning indictment of the Catholic school board geography program. Yeah, or? yeah. Because they couldn't. Nobody could ever. Nobody knew what the Philippines was, of course. So sure. Richie would be made fun of as they call them the Chinese and Vietnamese and Japanese. Everything but he's constantly trying to go like, no, there's all right, there's this place the Philippines. And then the whole Marcos thing happened, which was great because at least people knew, oh, that I see it is a real place, but it wasn't sure. until then. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's so good. Hey, listen, we got to wrap it up in a couple of minutes. I, I wish you guys uh, so well with the show. Um, you must have pretty big plans. Are you are you stepping into the US and then beyond? Is that is that kind of what's next? Hopefully, yeah. We're trying to figure that out. I think uh, there's a company that's, you know, taking it out. And I think, it, you know, it's one of those ones that even though it's geographically very specific, I think it, it has a, a, you know, sort of uh, themes that are very relatable and that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's one. Then the first real realization of that, I think, is um, both Benjamin Evan Ainsworth and Malcolm McDowell, neither Canadian, neither knew who, what Newfoundland was or anything. They both really connected to the characters. And so that tells me that we have something that can travel and, and Lionsgate uh, is our distributor and they're, they're, they really believe in it. So uh, we'll see what happens. Well, come, come from away, put, put you guys on the map and let's hope Son yeah. of a Critch does the same thing. And the next time somebody's about to use the expression and says Son of a Critch instead of, you know, the other one. Then we'll know. We'll know. Yeah. This is success. <laughs> What a, what a pleasure having you both on the show today. Thanks thanks for joining me. Mark Critch and Tim McAuliffe here to talk about uh, a wonderful, uh, touching, and uh, lovely new program coming out uh, soon. Not in a theater, but soon to be seen on CBC, Son of a Critch. Thanks to you both for joining me today. Thanks, David. Thank you, David. Really appreciate it. 
So there you have it. I hope you had as much fun as I did uh, having a conversation with Mark Critch and Tim McAuliffe talking about Son of a Critch, uh, the uh, new show coming to CBC, also based on the best-selling memoir from Mark Critch called... Well, you guessed it, son of a critch. And we had a great time. Uh, we, we stepped into it, I think, in a, a really interesting way. And we, we were able to actually get into a couple of issues, too, which is always fun. And I think comedy has that ability. And, um, you know, one of the big takeaways for me is to, I think, to, to figure out how is it that we can all start to foster, foster uh, a wicked sense of humor. So uh, please do uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to Face to Face. Please also leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you do listen. Sign um, up for us on uh, YouTube. Subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. And also uh, step into this wonderful, delightful, uh, real and authentic and funny new show, Son of a Critch, coming uh, soon to CBC and hopefully to wherever you watch your favorite television programs. And we'll see you again very soon here on Face to Face. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.